Would you be interested in fighting Apollo Creed for the World Heavyweight Championship? No. Listen, Rocky. Apollo's seen you fight. He likes you. He wants to fight you. Hey, now when you walk into the ring for the number one heavyweight of the world, you'll be ready. You're gonna eat lightning and you're gonna crack thunder. You're gonna become a very dangerous place. Ladies and gentlemen, Yo, listeners! It's now playing's Rocky Retrospective Series. This Balboa thing is interesting. And you want to call it nostalgia, whatever the hell you want, but people can relate to that stuff. Hosted by Arnie. There is no one who can match his strength or his aggressiveness. Brock. You're the man, you're number one. Old people love you, young people love you. You're the man. And Jacob. I must break you. Come back to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week as we go with the distance and review all the Rocky films. What's your prediction for the fight? Hey. But be warned, these podcasts contain detailed plot spoilers and mild language. Listener discretion is advised. He doesn't know it's a damn show. He thinks it's a damn fight. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Today we're talking about Rocky II, starring Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, Burgess Meredith, Tony Burton, and directed by Sylvester Stallone. This is Brocky Balboa, co-host of Now Playing. This is the podcaster of Disaster, Jacob. <laughs> this is Arnie. Welcome to the second episode of our Rocky retrospective. We thank you for coming back for the rematch. There will be no rematch. Wait, what are we doing yeah, here? Is this Wait. just Rocky in retirement? Yeah, actually, it is for half the film. Yes, actually, it is. And who saw this coming? Three years later comes Rocky II in 1979, and the entire cast comes back to relive the glory of Rocky. Including Gazio. Who, who expected Gazio to show back up? I didn't. He's still got loans to collect on. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, who saw this coming? Who wanted to see this coming? We ended the last film. Rocky went the distance. He had Adrian. Credits rolled. We all walked out. Tears in our eyes. Our hearts uplifted. It made a ton of money. It won an Oscar. But other than the bankers, did we want to see Rocky return? I did. I liked these characters enough that I was very excited to get into Rocky 2. But what about you guys? Do you feel like the first film should have just been standalone? If I had just seen Rocky, I'm good with that. I don't need anything else. But as we get into this, like you said, Arnie, I like the characters. Maybe if they could tell an interesting story with those characters, because that wasn't a boxing match. That was a drama. So if they could come up with another compelling drama, I might be into that because I liked the characters. And coming at this, I never saw these first two movies first. You know, I always knew the characters from later on. But the first movie works completely as a standalone movie. But this is the first time I've ever watched Rocky II from start to finish, ever. I've only seen it in pieces and parts, and I've never sat down to watch it. This is always this elusive movie. Every time Rocky II is on, I always miss the first 10 minutes. So it's always the second half hour or whatever. Well, the first 10 minutes is the last 10 minutes of the first film, so you're good there. (laughs) Well, yeah, no kidding. (laughs) 
Do you guys think we should recap the last 10 minutes of the previous podcast to start this podcast, or should we just go into a plot summary? I say let's just go into a plot summary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we pick up right at the end of Rocky 1 as we again witness Rocky's big fight with Apollo Creed, and we again see Rocky and Apollo declare there will be no rematches until we get to new footage of both in the hospital where, despite the judge's ruling, the press is declaring Rocky the winner of the match, and Apollo's pride demands a rematch where he can take the fight seriously and put the Philadelphia nobody in his place. But Rocky got what he wanted out of the fight, he went the distance, and the publicity brought several lucrative advertising deals his way, and when doctors worry about damage to Rocky's right eye from the fight, damage that could result in blindness if Rocky fights again, Rocky declines. Rocky enjoys the upfront money from the advertising, buying himself a car and expensive gifts for Adrian, Polly, and even his dog Buckus. And Adrian and Rocky get married and Adrian gets pregnant, but things start to get a little rocky when the time comes to actually record the advertisements and Rocky is unable to because he can't read. Retired from boxing and now out of the advertising gig, Rocky tries to find a day job, but the only work for which he's qualified is manual labor, so he ends up working with Polly at the meat plant until he's downsized from there, too. Feeling the lure of boxing, he goes back to Mickey's gym as a helper, slopping spit buckets around, and when Lone Shark Gazzo offers Rocky a job again as his enforcer, Rocky refuses. To make ends meet, Adrian gets her job back at the pet store, though very pregnant. But meanwhile, Apollo keeps getting madder as his fans are turning on him. In the court of public opinion, he lost the fight, so he starts a PR campaign to make Rocky look like a coward for not fighting. Finally, Rocky can't take it anymore. He wants a rematch. At first, Mickey refuses, fearing for Rocky's bad eye, but the PR campaign gets to Mickey too, and the two agree to fight Apollo. But it's against the wishes of Adrian, and the strife in Rocky's marriage makes him half-hearted in his training attempts. But just as Mickey's about to give up on Rocky, Adrian goes into the hospital. She's given birth prematurely due to, quote, working too hard while pregnant, unquote, and is in a coma. Polly and Rocky sit vigil, and eventually Adrian wakes up and declares she wants Rocky to not only fight, but to win, Rocky, win. And with those three words of blessing emblazoned on his t-shirt, Rocky trains hard again and the rematch occurs. It's another hard fight between the champ and the challenger, and as the fight nears the end of the 15th round, simultaneous punches knock down both fighters, and only Rocky is able to get back to his feet before the 10 count. Rocky is now the world heavyweight boxing champion, calling out on television to his wife, Adrian, Yo, Adrian, I did it, as credits roll. So after the 10-minute recap of the movie, we have a nice, what, five-minute scene of an ambulance driving through Philadelphia... <laughs> they had extra money in their budget this time. They could have a, a more proper credit sequence. Okay. I didn't really need that. You can really honestly have had the credits go underneath that first scene when they're in the wheelchairs bickering with each other in the hospital. Yeah, that could have been cut. Seriously. I didn't need that in real time. They could have just cut to the hospital. I would have filled in the blanks there that they got in an ambulance and drove there. You have just stated my thesis statement for this podcast. They could have cut that. <laughs> yes. we'll get there so this first scene in the hospital is very sloppy for me this whole scene the dialogue the direction the way it was blocked the whole thing it was almost instantly thinking wow this is a different movie well let's point a finger here everything you just mentioned is the fault of one person the director of mm -hmm. the film and right. here we have stallone this wasn't his directorial debut he did one small film the year before but basically he is doing what 
six years later, Leonard Nimoy would be doing, you want me back, you need me back, well, you're going to have to give me the directing reins and a lot more money. And he had the juice to do it after Rocky, and this is the result. Not that John Avildsen was really that known when he did Rocky, but he'd done a lot of directing at that point. Stallone had done a lot of acting by that point, and what you see in these first scenes tells me right away, and it it's actually worsened by the fact that we end with some of the best scenes from the first film, and now immediately we're into something that's shot like a TV movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what I also noticed is, at the end of the last movie that we had just watched, Apollo and Rocky seem barely able to speak, barely able to stand. Five minutes later, we're in the hospital, and Apollo is speaking like he did during the press conference of be a thinker, not a stinker. Well, Arnie, you brought up in the last podcast if there should have been more Apollo in it. And I think that's a good question for this film, too, because I think this film needed more Apollo. It gave it to us at the wrong moment. It Mm -hmm. shouldn't have been right at the beginning of the film. They shouldn't have been calling for the rematch right at the beginning of this film. I would have liked to seen that arc because we see the hate mail that Apollo gets later on and how that really burns him and he starts pushing more and more for this rematch. That should have been his story arc. To have him right off the bat for, I don't know why, he got really upset. Maybe he had a bumpy ambulance ride. I don't know. (laughs) But now all of a sudden he wants a rematch and he's all fiery after having his ribs broken. It doesn't make sense. I totally agree with you. You're completely right. That should have been his character arc because poor Carl Weathers here is stuck playing the same note for two hours. They had that one scene when Rocky goes to Apollo's room in the hospital and asks if you, Apollo, you give me your best. They could have just had that scene. That's, yeah, I agree. That should have been the scene. That should have been it. You're talking about the character work right there. See Apollo for real in that moment. And then later on in the movie, his pride, etc. It would have been a really stronger thing to do. But we start off with this wheelchair scene in the, in the middle of the... Ugh. Anyway. And Rocky's in the hospital right after the fight. Polly comes in and asks for a job from Gazo again. Like, you're not even going to let Rocky get out of there? And didn't he just get three grand for the robe? It, it's another scene that could have been cut. I mean, there's really no reason for that. Later on in the movie, it was covered. Because Rocky agrees to talk to Gazo. So. He does, but then it never comes up again after that. We see Gazo a couple times, but Polly never gets the job. No, Polly does get the job. He's at the docks. Oh, is he? Like, he keeps asking Rocky for that job <laughs> to be a collector, and then it shows him at the dock showing a snow cone, but it, like, out of all the scenes not to show, they throw in all these gratuitous scenes, and then we, just, I guess, just have to assume, oh, Polly got a job being a mobster now, because he yeah, needs snow cones on the dock. Like, I assume that, but it doesn't come out and say that. I guess, right. They want us to think Polly also has a heart of gold. They don't want to make him look too bad, maybe. Well, he's pretty bad last film. <laughs> he's pretty bad in every film. He's a drunk. <laughs> Yeah, and right away, right off the bat, I'm like, this is not the same movie, and I really wanted it to be. And can I just say, throughout this whole movie, especially in the beginning, it's like Stallone is behind the camera and in front of the camera going, Hey, remember you liked me three years ago when I said I was going to call Polly and shout it out a window? I'm going to do that again in the hospital parking lot. They do so many callbacks in this first half hour. That to me, it was painful because it wasn't working at all. And I started to feel bad for Stallone. I think you hit the nail on the head. The first half hour of this movie isn't even real setup. It's kind of like a recap again, like the first 10 minutes of it was. And we have a whole bunch of stuff. We would have bought that they got married. We would have bought they got pregnant. Those things could have happened in one, two, three, four lines. We could have fast forwarded to him doing the commercial and gone from there. 
and no one would have asked any questions because you could easily recap it other ways. This, the first 20 minutes of this movie was a waste of time. Totally. But there are some things I like. There are some ideas in here that I think are good, but they're execution. Like, immediately after he gets out of the hospital, he proposes to Adrian and setting that up, right? Mm-hmm. Now, did you guys notice he proposed at a zoo? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the last movie when Gazzo's driver... When he's about to have his first date with Adria, take her to the zoo, retards like the zoo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I could think about is he took her to the goddamn zoo. <laughs> and he got so upset over that line in the first <laughs> film. Yeah. It's around January, right? Because the fight took place in January 1st, right? And we're still back in time. At this point, we're 1776. Well, he'd healed. So maybe it was March. So the tiger's out in the snowstorm at a zoo, which I found weird. Yeah, tropic animals. They're used to snow, right? <laughs> really yeah exactly and it was the 70s PETA wasn't around very different standards <laughs> for animal cruelty we talked about how rocky the first film set up so many cliches that we're used to now that you could feel like you saw rocky without ever seeing it watching especially the beginning of this film i wanted to really study up on the history of sequels because <laughs> the cliche of sequels is that you just repeat the same jokes but they're in a different setting or something or, or you have these callbacks in the first film like i'm wondering if this was is what set up the cliche for all those sequels because it took me right there it, this very well may be the template because it sounds like we're all ripping on it right now this until empire strikes back came out was the highest grossing sequel of all time like i said i like some ideas here because rocky went the distance it makes sense to say rocky would still have fame and rocky would be able to parlay that into some money and yes. what, what's funny is in the first movie i had a mc hammer moment when i was thinking about mc hammer's tale of how when he became famous all of his friends became hangers on and got on the payroll like Polly. well what happened to Hammer after he couldn't touch this is he became rich and started spending money wildly, like we see Rocky do here. I'm well, just... Rocky came before Hammer, so Hammer, if you just watch more movies, you wouldn't make these mistakes. Yes. Hammer, I recommend Rocky 2 for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little late now. He lived it. Just go in a time machine, watch it, learn something. You'll have some money these days. But if you know the MC Hammer story from behind the music, we're seeing it play out here in boxing. Let's put it this way. They could have really reduced this. Everything they did, they could easily show us in a couple of lines. You could have had another montage of him spending all the money instead of having to watch the scene with the watch and get the Trans Am and to get the fur coat. You could have really cut this down and gotten the exact same points across instead of really making us watch these uncomfortable scenes. And it's almost like they were improving it. They were repeating lines back and forth because it worked so much, quote unquote, in the first movie. It really was hard to watch sometimes. Yes, I agree. This was painful for me. I don't know if it's so much painful for me. Like, Arnie, you said you liked the themes, you liked the ideas they were getting at, and I'm right there with you. I liked mm -hmm. the story they were attempting to tell, mm -hmm. but yes, their execution was poor. I don't think it was painful, but I'm right there. They could have cut a lot out or short the scenes. I agree with you there. Specifically, Stallone's performance here was cringeworthy to me. As chatty as he was in that first film, like, <laughs> he really came off ADD in this film. <laughs> Just too many redos and trying to be too cool. I mean, he's wearing dog collars on his wrist. Yes, it, it looks silly, but it makes sense to the character. For me, it makes sense. Like, this is what Rocky would do. He has his big, ugly dog named Buttkiss. He would put dog collars around him, too, because he would think that looks awesome. It's leather and spikes. He used to work for the mob. It looks silly to us. I get that. But it, character logic, uh, it's there. I agree with you. 
I just think the performance isn't selling it. <laughs> I think we all agree here that what they were going for was a good way to go. We just don't like the way they did it. And that could be an experience, as Arnie said, or it could be a whole bunch of other things. Maybe they need to pad the movie. It's a two-hour movie, and maybe they only had like an hour and a half of a movie. <laughs> it should have been 90 minutes then. <laughs> Here's my other problem, though. In this first half hour of the film, I'm not liking the way it's made. I'm not liking the performances. But this film did something I didn't think would be possible in any film after the first one. But it's making me not like Rocky. Because we now see Rocky. He's got all the money in the world. Life's at his feet. What made us empathize with Rocky the last time was that he was so down on his luck. He was such a hard luck case. Nothing was right for him. How could Rocky be likable when now he has everything. This is the problem with the sequel, Arnie. So many sequels, I think, fail because after you complete the hero's journey, what is there to really do? Now it's about the fall of the hero. I mean, that's where you have to go from there. And that's what this story is going to be about is you watch the bum become the king. He's rich now. He's got a wife, a house, a kid on the way. And now you have to watch that all fall apart. And I think that's an interesting theme. I think that's interesting to explore. I don't think Rocky II goes about that the right way, though. What happened was, though, they made the character completely unrelatable because he now has everything. But everything's being done in such a way as it kept me as an audience member at arm's length. I no longer felt invested in these characters. I just felt like I was watching them. And 30 minutes in, and I was just so checked out from this movie already. And I just kept waiting for it to do something to pull me back in. And I could just smell where this movie was going. Is Yes, it's the last one in reverse. But it just wasn't doing it in as interesting a way. Yeah, the problem was this felt like sketch comedy to me almost. It's like, here's a scene at a zoo. Here's a scene at a wedding where we'll throw out a condom joke. Here's a scene buying some watches. It didn't feel like there was a thesis yet for this mm -hmm. film. I was right. waiting for it. What is the plot? Okay. And again, I thought it was an interesting idea to show how does Rocky respond to the fame. He didn't seem like he had a lot of moochers. We talked about Hammer. That was one thing that confused me. Why wasn't there more people trying to latch on to him? But just poor, poor execution. At a certain point, though, in this movie, everything we're talking about, the journey of this character and where it has to go, I say it could have been shorter, this first part of it, to get to the middle of the movie. Not the end, the middle. Because once he starts doing the commercial and we see the fall, I started getting interested again. Really? You got interested at the advertising scene? Because yes. I slapped my forehead, and if it wasn't for now playing, I probably would have hit stop when it comes out, Rocky can't read. They set this up in the first film. Like, he's asking his mob boss, how do you spell Del Rio? Like, they set it up. But he's reading the label about the flies and the moss in the last one. He can read the... Yeah, he's been practicing that. It shows him practicing that speech over and over and over. He knows there's flies and moths and he can look at the food. I thought that was because he was nervous around women. He was looking for an excuse to talk to Adrian at the, at the pet shop. And it, it's not that he was illiterate. It's just that he was a bad reader. They dropped the line, I think, ninth grade is the farthest he went. Yes, we've seen this scene before, but this is the beginning of... You know, Rocky got all this money and all that kind of thing, but now it's not going to pan out. And that's the start of not panning out. And then after that, you have all these other scenes about how it's not panning out. And so it's kind of nice to watch that. I just wish it was done in a more interesting way. Again, good ideas, but just not executed well. We start seeing the fall here and one bad day on the set and now Rocky's broke and has to go look for jobs at a bank? What do sports people do besides making money playing the game? It's, it's all advertising. Well, they open restaurants. <laughs> well, that's Rocky Six. We'll go get there. Yeah, we'll get there. He does? Are you sure? We'll get me? there. We'll yeah. get there. Oh my god. I we'll was, get there. I was, I was, yeah. Oh we'll god. get there. Um but 
but yes, I did get interested because I wanted to see this character go through that. And I wanted to watch it. I'm getting into it. I started getting back into what's going on with these characters. And then he has the scene in bed when he's reading to Adrian. I was kind of feeling, ah, here we go again. But the job interviews, when he had to sell the Trans Am, those kind of scenes, I started seeing real character moments again. And I actually started seeing a little more of what I liked from the first movie. And the movie started getting me more into it. I find it funny, Arnie, that you criticized the last film for being populist. And here, that populist attitude doesn't pay off being the stupid guy with big muscles will only get you so far i thought you would like that that that's actually paying off here that no you actually have to improve your mind too you can't just get by on brute strength the populist nature of the last film was one of its biggest appealing factors here this is a film for nobody from what i can tell you're not appealing to the blue collar saying you're not smart enough you're not appealing to the white collar because you're saying this guy's not going to be one of you. Right now, this movie is repulsive to me. I think that's an interesting story. What what happens when you're in between? That could be an interesting story. It's execution. And that's what I'm saying. It's holding on to me because I like those ideas. I've said in the past on other podcasts that I'm really into ideas. If it's a good idea, even if the execution isn't so strong, I could still go with it because I'm an idea guy. So I may be a little bit more on Brock's side here that it's keeping me interested. I'm not ready to hit stop at this point. What's keeping me going is the lingering affection from the first film. The lingering affection for the characters. Because I'm seeing these actors and Stallone seemed off, but the rest of them were doing the same thing they did last time. And I had that lingering affection for all of these characters from the last movie. And so I keep going, I hope they bring me back in, but they keep pushing me away. And I didn't understand the whys for a lot of this. It seemed like it was taking too long to do things, but it also did them too quickly. Like, it took way too long to get to that advertising scene, and then the advertising scene seemed perfunctory as he's fired after one day because they're not going to work with him and all of that, and he feels mocked. So when they finally get to doing something, they did it wrong, and that was a real problem for me. Yeah, the story could be interesting if told in an interesting way, but right now, I'm honestly wishing for something i never once wished for in the first movie boxing <laughs> never once in the first movie did i go where's the boxing here i'm like mother get back in that ring well arnie it's interesting because i said the ideas what they're trying to get at held my interest the other thing that held my interest is what you mentioned my love of these characters from the first film have carried over, and I, I agree. Stallone, he seemed kind of off in this, but the rest of the characters, I'm enjoying their acting and what they've done with their roles. That's keeping me interested. Yes, I agree. I liked Adrian's character when they're buying the house, for example. I don't like how she caved so quickly <laughs> when she's right, but I like that she finally spoke up and said, well, you know, we should do this. And that was kind of cool to see those kind of facets of Adrian, for example. So there's a lot of stuff that's in here that I kind of like that I'm able to get out of it. I want to see what happens to this guy. When he finally tells Adrian, I want to go back to boxing, the look in her face, the look in his eyes. That's the first scene I thought Stallone did really well in. I completely agree. It was the first scene that he sold me on anything. But by the same token, again, this is the exact opposite of the character I liked last time. Last time, it didn't matter if he won the fight because he got the love of the woman. Here, he's choosing the fight over the woman. And that makes me think, Rocky, what are you doing? 
But what is he supposed to do? I love that he gets called out. He goes to a job interview and the guy interviewing him even calls him out. You know, aren't you better for manual labor? And I thought there was some nice dramatic irony going on here as Rocky was being typecasted as Stallone would go on to be typecasted as the (laughs) brute strength idiot type role. I think I had similar feelings to you, Arnie, is that like, okay, you're married now. You got a kid on the way. You got to be somewhat responsible. But on the other hand, they're offering you hundreds of thousands of dollars to fight hopefully you've learned how to spend your money a little bit more wisely by now and if that's all you can do if that's all you can do go get the money right but last time it didn't matter to him what mattered to him really was adrian and adrian's support and the fact that now because they're a little down on their luck which is where he'd always been his entire life except for for three months he had the good life and now he's no longer going to value adrian's opinion as highly well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now he has a wife, a house, a kid, and stuff. And she's enjoying it. And he gave all that stuff to her. Now he, he needs to support this family. And he has to keep this maintained. And he can't get a job that can allow to do that. And so she has to go back to work. And that hurts him as a man. And then he says, well, there's one thing I can do. I can make a lot of money doing. There is that one thing. And I can support this family. I could be the man for this family. And that's what I see what's going the character doing. But as Adrian points out in a great scene that Talia Shire completely sold me on is who's going to support the family if he's blind. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing they put out there. You know, the, the little movie bit of logic is he's lost part of his sight in his right eye. And if he fights again, he could go blind. And so... You say he's doing this to support his family, but really, it's like a gambling addict, isn't it? You say he needs to go out there and play blackjack so he can buy things for his family. By the same token, he could lose everything. That's how Rocky's thinking. I'm not saying you're wrong, but the character of Rocky, and we're watching this character come to that conclusion. That's what I'm saying. This is another character moment thing. This is what I'm talking about. This is why I'm getting back into it. And you're absolutely right. It's a great scene because Adrian does call him out on it. And the next scene, Mickey calls him out on it. It's wonderful. And this man, he wants to do that to support his family, but he can't do that. So this man... He didn't get the advertising he, he thought he was going to get, and the money has dried up, and now he can't even box anymore. You know what I mean? That's, that's this is great stuff in the middle of this movie where I didn't think I was going to get anything like this watching that first 20 minutes. But it's making me not like him because I think he's making selfish choices. Like I said with the first one, I, I want to see what these characters are going to do. It's weird that in this quote-unquote boxing movie where you have <laughs> the good guy versus the bad guy, the opponents, that I don't feel like I'm rooting for someone. But I do have this distance between them. I'm interested in how does this guy deal with all this fame? Like, am I rooting for him that he makes the right decision? I don't know. I want to see this film. So if I ever end up like MC Hammer, I've, I've learned from someone else's mistakes. What's happening to me is that while the last one was a character study that drew me in, this one is so uneven that I'm curious where the characters are going to go and how we're going to get to the unboxing match that I know is coming. But by the same token, it's not entertaining me. I liked these characters. I liked how they acted. I liked their development, their arcs from the first film. So I'm interested in them in care. I guess it's like a soap opera. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm invested in these characters because I enjoyed that first film so much. Here's what's funny is, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say soap opera, but I would agree with television show. And you know what this felt like to me? This entire first hour of the film is a filler episode of a TV show. Like, we got to set up some characters. Well, they started the film off with a clip episode. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, Witz didn't talk about the scene with Mickey at the club when he proves to Rocky that he's blind. 
I loved that scene. I thought it was great. Oh, Burgess Meredith in this film is amazing. Like, every scene he is in, I love this film. I'm drawn. I'm hooked. I gotta say, I wasn't liking him in this film because I felt he was slipping to caricature. In the first film, I never felt like he was a caricature. I felt like he was a character in every sense of the word. But in this one, I just felt he was starting to become a bit of a self-parody, like teetering on that brink. I think this character has been in the public consciousness so much now that maybe it's been tinging your impression of the character. But it didn't in the first one. In the first one, I loved him. The first one, he didn't have as many great one-liners. Like, he has some good one-liners, but here he has amazing one-liners. And here he is this crotchety old trainer kind of guy. He has much more of a, a trainer role here. And he had that first sensitive scene in that movie in the first one. Here, when he's not sitting vigil with Rocky in the church and stuff, he's noisy, he's crabby, he's mean, and he's funny. And I think this is where the character or caricature later on of Mickey comes from because of this performance. I didn't think it was caricature at all. In this first scene here, the tough way to teach Rocky was great when he slaps in the face, the whole thing. It really works for me. I just think he's hamming it up. That's all I'm saying. I, I see where you're going, but I, I think I disagree with you. I just see it as more raw passion. In it. I, I love it. I mean, one of the scenes that sticks out to me with Mickey is when they're watching the tape mm-hmm. or the film, the, the literally the, the film, film yeah. from the, <laughs> the original fight. And he gets up and he starts talking about what he's going to have to do. And the film's playing over his face. And he just, oh, he's so fiery. Like, I get caught up in that passion. And that's the exact moment I wrote in my notes, hamming it up. That was the exact <laughs> scene. So what does I see as fiery passion, you see as hamming it up. I, I, difference of opinion, yes. I guess. <laughs> I see this guy have a light bulb over his head about, this is what we're going to do. We're going to switch your hands, whatever he says. I love it. The words, the way he puts the language, where he uses the language to accentuate his points, it's so much fun that he had this colorful way of describing these things. I also like the footage wasn't edited footage. It looked like a real film to me. The little bit we saw of it. You know how sometimes when they recap things like in Star Trek, they're watching their own movie. This one wasn't doing it. Tip of the hat. I also like the shot with the projector on Mickey's face. And I thought that was a creative shot for Sylvester Stallone. So you get a props for that one moment with that nice visual. <laughs> that was one of my favorite shots in this film. <laughs> and you have to wonder if a better director was visiting the set that day and said, hey, Sly, what about if we try this? Because again, this thing, it was paced like a filler TV episode. It was shot like a TV movie. And then we do go into cinema. We get some film moments as Adrian goes into the film coma. Yeah, I didn't like this development. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it just seemed cheap. I would have liked them to work out their problems, have some dialogue, come to an understanding instead of, I don't know, 20 minutes of Rocky praying in a church. Not, nothing against praying or churches. <laughs> I just don't want to see someone kneeling for 20 minutes doing that. Unless that's the whole focus of the movie, you know? Yeah, I mean, He's trying to regain his faith. Yes. Yeah, I suppose, yes. <laughs> yes. That's not the point of this film, no. though. They haven't set that up. No shot of Christ at the beginning of this film like the first one. True. And he goes against Adrian's wishes, so he's training half-heartedly. And- he's training like a douchebag is what yeah. it is and i'm like i'm waiting for apollo to kick his ass the second time because he's going it's like he's he's acting like he still has all that money the way he's training i'm like what is his motivation for acting like a douche i don't think they ever sold to me that his marital problems were making him an asshole they sold that to me what they didn't sell to me is why adrian goes along with it after the coma thank you yes. that's where i was that's where yeah. i was going what did she say when when like why it's in that movie way where she's up from the coma and immediately like have a let's go go kick his ass. Like like she decided this in the coma. Yeah, Talia, I loved your acting in these films, not here. 
Well, you know, what's funny is that he's in the church the whole thing. I'm like, well, didn't he see his son yet? No, he doesn't. They tell us that later. That blew me away. No, they tell us that the moment he walks into the hospital, they say, don't you want to see your son? No, I'm not going to see her until she wakes up. That's the first thing that said. He says the actual line. Yes. I missed that line there because what I heard, I said to myself, he's in the church and all that. Why don't you go visit your son to make yourself a little happier in this moment? And then when he brings it in later and she says to him, you haven't seen the baby yet? No, I wanted to see him with you when she woke up is when I heard that. If they said at the beginning of the scene, Arnie, I didn't catch it there. Yep, they did. Oh. Still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> if she's out of in a coma for weeks at a time, you don't visit your son in the ICU who's premature. In my mind, it doesn't make any sense. I understand why he wants to do that. But this whole movie doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why he's done anything he's doing except for buying stuff when he had money. That's the only decision he's made that makes a lot of sense. You know what else doesn't make sense to me is the way Apollo calls him out, calling him the chicken stallion, calling him two different animals. Should it be the Italian chicken? Thus, you're replacing one animal with another. I think Apollo gets the short end of the stick in this film, whether it's through his creativity to call Rocky out or through just scenes in this film. I'm interested in what apollo has to deal with now you get the one scene again with the hate mail and people said he threw the fight or there's implications that he let down his entire race uh losing to a white guy i think that's interesting stuff like Mm -hmm. i would have actually liked to see apollo's story arc to be explored more in this film he only gets a few scenes before the final fight and i think there's an interesting story to tell with apollo going through this guilt of letting down his people letting himself down and then you know the story you get little glimpses with him and his wife where she's like just let it go it kind of mirrors what rocky and adrian are going through but i I would have liked more apollo in this film i agree completely and i think you hit the nail right on the head the first time you said it jacob which was his arc should have been going from there will be no rematch to i have to have a rematch for my honor instead of how you had it yeah and there's also that scene when duke tells him we don't want this man in our lives and uh, you see a little bit more of, of what Apollo's reasoning is. Um, but I agree with you. I think they could have had a little bit more of that. Because that scene with the letters, when you go to Apollo's house, it almost comes out of the blue, you know? If they had peppered a little more in there with Apollo in the beginning of the movie, that would have been a, a better scene. Mm-hmm. See, in the first film, they did a great job of keeping Apollo omnipresent. Even in that first hour before Rocky has ever heard that Apollo's coming to Philly, Apollo is always there, and when he comes in, it never feels odd, and we know this whole film is building to that fight. The second one, we know because it's Rocky II that it's going to end with that fight, but the way the story's told does not make it... Every time Apollo comes up, it's like, oh yeah. No, I'm right there with you. It's it's a shock when he appears in this film, even (laughs) though you know where this film's going. Mm-hmm. Also, a great scene with Apollo was when he was sparring. He was beating the shit out of his sparring partner, forgetting that he was trying to take uh, his aggression out on that poor guy he's sparring with. And he says, get me another one. That was a good moment for Apollo to show what he was going through. And we could have used more of that in the movie. Yeah. So she wakes up and all of a sudden, maybe she had some time to think in that coma. It's just so trite, isn't it? <laughs> win and they had the big bong bong and that's that's fine then we get right into a great montage now we get the karate kid moment yeah (laughs) what are we waiting for let's go train and uh, the chicken you talked about last time arnie here it is yes this is where the chicken was i didn't know that was rocky two i thought that was rocky one i always confuse it too i always think it's in rocky one i enjoy my rocky montages they got the right music and it just gets you pumped it's fun to watch he could be picking food out of his teeth with a toothpick to this music and it'd be interesting (laughs)
interesting, I think. <laughs> it's great music. I don't know how I felt about him running with children. It felt a little, you know... That was what I was getting to earlier. Like, I would have liked to see more people like, yeah, you're the hometown hero. Let me buy you a beer. Let's hang out with this guy. He, like, he doesn't seem like he's that famous at the beginning of this film. Even when he's buying all these cars and furs. And now... 800 kids want to run behind him through Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. yeah. like, I get it cinematically. It looks cool, but it doesn't make any sense. Well, people in the movie were turning on him earlier in the movie. Remember the guy in the street was yelling at him and things like that. And the respect for Rocky was gone. And now that maybe, maybe the reason is that since he agreed to fight and everyone knows he's going to fight that everyone's back on his side. That could be what it is, but that's me helping the movie. He helped the economy of Philadelphia by bringing the boxing match there, so they liked him again, I guess. All these kids are running after them, but their parents don't seem to mind that they ran clear across town. Or at least the impression I got was clear across town. <laughs> Jimmy? <laughs> Jimmy, where are you? And he's at the museum, which is, you know, good for the kid to be at the museum, but, you know, <laughs> maybe with a parent. Yeah, the kid's running with Rocky there. You know, obviously it came out many, many years later, but I thought Forrest Gump. Yeah, I thought Forrest Gump, too. But you know what else I thought is during this whole montage, Mickey's there going, speed, speed. And I'm sitting there in my living room going, yes, speed, move this film along. So we finally get to the fight. And I do mean finally. Last time, Brock, you asked about how we felt about the fight at the end. And I said yeah. that, you know, it, I didn't think it was all that well filmed, all that well choreographed. I thought it was fine. Here, we're subpar. Uh, this fight lacks excitement to me. Maybe it's because the film didn't build to it. We spent too much time in church and shopping for dog collars. But and also, don't we know where this fight's going? It has to, right? If he doesn't win this time, audiences are going to riot. Yeah, like the last one was fun because you thought you know where it's going and it doesn't go there. This one, there's a logical conclusion. There's no fork in the road here. You know, we did this series already, but there is a final destination for this fight. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. But what they try to do is give us an epic way to get there. Yeah, they build up that Rocky now has to fight as a right-hander to protect his eye. But later he's going to switch to Southpaw. I don't feel like any of that paid off. No, he switched to Southpaw in the last round. I think what was, was that? Late at that point. I agree completely. He's exhausted. Why didn't he switch in like eighth round and take Apollo out in the eighth round? Did they ever call out? Like, is there anything from Apollo's trainer? Like, oh my gosh, he's not fighting Southpaw. We've totally blown it with our training. They have the announcers say that. Yeah, but Apollo's trainer is the one that should be pointing that out and coming up with a new strategy. I think he said, is the switch throwing you? I think he's a line that Duke said to Apollo and his Apollo says, no, no, no. I just think it should have been a bigger plot point since that's the point of all the training that we had watched. Agreed. Like tying the arm up. There should have been a moment when Apollo is pummeling the crap out of Rocky and Mickey yells, switch! And now Rocky comes back. <laughs> We've seen that in other movies, but yes, you're absolutely right. Yes. As stupid as that sounds, yes. It should have happened here. It's dumb, but it should have happened. If you set the stuff up, you got to pay the stuff off. And the way it happened... It was brought up again. It wasn't a dropped point, but it's not paid off. Now, I would have liked it to be a little bit more explicit. There are times where I like subtlety. This is not a time when that should have been done. Yep. The other problem I had was, again, they kept dropping this line that he's going to go blind and he's going to lose his sight. I never felt like that was a weakness in this match. Like, we see earlier the scene that I liked where Mickey slaps him. He's like, if an old broken down man could get you, what's Apollo going to do? Well, Apollo's going to get a few punches in. Doesn't seem to have a whole big advantage over it. All right, I'm going to say something here that may be controversial. 
I think Rocky should have gone blind in one eye. I think that should have been the price he paid for not listening to Adrian. I think there needed to be a price. And I think he should have traded his eye for fortune and glory. I don't think you're wrong, Arnie. Jumping to how this match ends. Like, I have a big problem with it because we know Rocky has to win. There's no way out of that. But the double, like, Rocky punches Apollo, Apollo falls, and Rocky falls too, and who could get up first? Like, I don't like that. Like, they want to try to ratchet up the tension. It's almost a tie, but Rocky just barely went. Like, I don't like that. I don't either at all. They needed to do something different, and I like your idea. There should have been something there. There should have been a threat. There should have been a price that he paid. I also would have liked Rocky to, you know, win, pummel him, win, Rocky, win, not be the one who actually can stand up. The last man standing. I'm right there with Jacob. I think you're right. I think that then again, in this moment, we may not know, you know, in the next movie, if he's blind. Great. I know what happens in the next movie. But you know what I mean, that Mm -hmm. if they continue this saga, then we should have something like that. And not to get too far ahead of us, they try to explore those kind of themes much later in this series. But here, I agree with you. And I also think, again, that if they switched maybe in the seventh or eighth round and Rocky ended it there, there's no reason this fight had to go the distance. It's a good idea to have the double knockdown to raise the suspense, but it doesn't work with this setup. With this setup, it should be a hard-fought fight, but there needs to be a KO. Well, there was a KO. Well, uh, I mean, a real knockout. There need Instead of just both people going down. If this happened in a later movie, I'd probably really love the concept because it would be different. But here, after the last one, where it was pretty much a tie, this one needs to be more a decisive victory, not almost another tie. Yeah, you need a clear-cut winner. And yes, I know. Rocky is the clear-cut winner because he got up for the 10 count. Apollo was down for 10, but you want to see Rocky get that inspiration from his kid. You know, you talked a lot about willpower in the last one. I would have liked to have seen more of that magic pixie dust willpower in this fight where he draws inspiration from Adrian and Rocky Jr. and and just pummels Apollo because Apollo is just doing it for pride and doing it for family is more powerful than doing it for pride. Schmaltzy as that sounds, like I would have liked to see that. I agree. Or I would have liked to have seen something like Apollo feels like he's losing, so out of desperation, he headbutts Rocky, and we get a replay of the very first fight from the first film. So Apollo plays dirty. Uh huh. Hmm. Something. Make Apollo more of a bad guy that angers Rocky to the point of winning. A lot of things that could have been done here. These are characters I like, and I would have liked to have seen them do something interesting. Yeah, I think we all are similar boats here on this fight being uh, not as satisfactory as we all would have liked. I did think it was nicely staged in parts, though. I like the score. If we're looking at little things we can cherry pick and say are good, the score was an improvement. It had all the good (laughs) themes and none of the disco round. Flying higher. That. I've got to tell you, Arnie, I don't really mind the disco, the the wicka wonka 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 and the disco stuff at all. To me, it's just part of what this is. You know, kind of like the big sideburns in Star Wars, the big 70s haircuts in Star Wars. It's part of what it is, and I know the people who aren't really used to it, it looks dated, but to me, it's just part of it. It sucks me out of it. It's like when I go back and watch the old Incredible Hulk TV series. Arnie, this is also 70s looking anyways. I, yeah. I, don't, I guess that's why I don't have a problem with the music, because it matches. These are yep. period pieces. Now it is, sure. This one felt more timeless to me than the last one, truthfully. It has its touches, but the last one felt so 70s, whereas this one felt like three years made a big difference to its timelessness. Oh, you mean timeless in its look, not timeless in its themes, right? Correct. Okay. Just want to clarify for those people like, what? (laughs) 
So, Jacob, Arnie, do you recommend Rocky 2? Jacob. Look, having it come after Rocky isn't easy. That's a film, for me at least, that was near perfect. A very strong film. So this is a sequel, and sequels are problematic. And this has a lot of the problems that befall sequels. We've talked about those. It seems very stretched out at times. But... There are moments I like. I said there's a lot of ideas I liked that they explored here, and that kept my interest. I liked, again, the acting. Stallone wasn't as strong in this one as he was in the first, but I really liked Burgess Meredith's acting in this film. Talia's Adrian I enjoyed as well, except for her win, win. That, even Pauly, I mean, the dude scares me, the angry drunk, but he does it well. I like the acting here, and my love of these characters from the first film, it carries over. And so I guess what's hard here with the recommend is if I'm just watching this as a solitary film, if this is where I'm going to start off Rocky, maybe I'm not going to recommend it. But, you know, if you love the first film, if you like that film, you like the characters, this one's not as strong. But I think there's enough here where I was enjoying it, not all the time, but I enjoyed it enough that I would recommend it. If you watch the first Rocky, I don't know why you'd walk into this <laughs> film <laughs> as the first one. Even if you were just going to watch this one, though, I think I would still give it a weak recommend. I think there's some interesting themes that are explored here so recommended arnie you know i know jacob and i have talked about this off the air sometimes we come to these podcasts and we don't know if we're going to recommend or not recommend a film and that's how i came to rocky 2 is when i stepped into starting this podcast tonight i felt like the end of rocky 1 where i felt like this movie went the distance and i was waiting for the judge's ruling for me to decide whether or not because it was right there on the line of recommend or not recommend the things it had going for it, though, were all things in the first film and goodwill that that first film engendered from me. Everything I liked about this film was, in the first movie, it was so good, and now it's back, but it's weaker. And having this conversation, it probably sounds to the audience like I came in ready to bash, and I didn't. I came in not sure if I was going to recommend it, but knowing if I did recommend it, a lot of that recommendation was holdover of goodwill from the first one. But having now talked to you guys about it for the past hour, I think, like Jacob said, there are some great ideas in this movie, but the execution is piss poor. And you know what I think this movie is? This movie is like Apollo Creed in the first one. It's gotten too cocky. It's too full of itself. It's too in love with its own reputation. It's playing its own greatest hits. And it's not even for the amusement of the audience. It's for the amusement of Stallone himself. So, judge is ruling, and the winner is not Rocky, not recommended. Hmm. I'd be surprised if you recommended it after everything you said today, actually. And I came in thinking I might, but really, I'm having flashbacks of Jaws 2 here, where the first one was so amazing to me, and the second one was so dull. Well, I'm glad you brought up Jaws 2, because this movie, I think, is better than Jaws 2, because it does have actual scenes in it that you actually give a shit about what's going on. Jaws 2 has none of that, but... No, no, you give a shit. I never gave a shit. I give a shit. There are scenes here, as Jacob said, that are great character stuff, and I agree with you both that there's a lot of goodwill from the first movie here, but unlike Jaws 2, where it completely squandered all of that goodwill. This one was able to, in certain parts, get what I wanted from these characters and get me some good scenes. It is not as good a movie as the first one, not by a long shot. There are a lot of good ideas that could have been better, and there are a lot of things I think they missed the mark on. But I'm going to be with Jacob on this and have a weak recommend 
a weak recommend. If I'm going back and watching all the Rocky movies again, I certainly will watch this one. But if I was going to watch a Rocky movie randomly, I probably wouldn't pick this one up first. Let's just put it that way. But there is some stuff in here I do like enough, and it does carry over for me. So it's a weak recommend, and I really hope that you all can get something out of it, at least a little bit, because there are some nice moments in here. I don't know. I think that for me, I own the entire Rocky series bought for this retrospective. This disc will never go back in my player, and I think that for audiences, you need to know that Rocky eventually beats Apollo, and that's replayed at the beginning of Rocky 3. I say watch Rocky 1, and then let's go right to Rocky 3, because my optimism and my memory is that in the future films, they're going to find the fun formula and get away from these character studies. And so we're not going to be as interesting, but at least we'd rather be more fun. And I guess I'm the exact opposite of Jacob. I'd rather have fun banality than interesting failures. Well, we got Hulk Hogan and Mr. T coming up in the next one. So I don't know if you could get more banal than that. Love them both. <laughs> Me too. I pity the fool who don't listen next week. I have a prediction for next week's podcast. Pain. <laughs> So if you enjoyed this podcast, please join us at nowplayingpodcast.com and you can find other movies we've reviewed and other retrospective series like Saw, Final Destination, Karate Kid, and individual movie reviews like Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. All that's available in our archive section at nowplayingpodcast.com. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And we post many movie reviews there, the, the hosts we do. And also, you can leave your comments about what we see and what you think of these episodes, etc. there. Or go to our forums. And a link to our forums are at nowplayingpodcast.com. So, guys, we're going to get back in the ring next week with Rocky Three. I'm looking forward to revisiting that one. It's been a few years since I've seen it and a little bit of nostalgia trip here, but I am looking forward to seeing Rocky Three again and talking about it with both of you. Until then, we'll see you next round. I can't believe this has happened. I can't. And I just want to say thanks to Paul for fighting me, Paul. I want to thank, thank Mickey for training me. Most of all, I want to thank God. This is the greatest night in the history of my life. I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home. Yo, Adrian! I did it! Thank you for listening to this episode in the now-playing Rocky Retrospective Series. Why this fighter of limited ability has gained such popularity is such a mystery. Come back to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week as we get in the ring and review another Rocky film. When I leave you, you'll not only know how to fight, you'll be able to take care of yourself outside the ring. So Mickey loves you. And in the NowPlayingPodcast.com archives, you can find reviews of other films such as Rambo, The Karate Kid, Terminator, Total Recall, X-Men, and many more. It makes a man a better man. We wish to educate your company. And while at NowPlayingPodcast.com, be sure to join our forums where you can discuss these films with other listeners. Don't listen to it, Rocky. No, do listen to it, Rocky. You can also follow Now Playing on Facebook and Twitter where we post announcements of new episodes and where the hosts post movie mini-reviews. Links to our social media pages are at NowPlayingPodcast.com. Very American. It's very smart. And remember... After this show, I'm going to fake. What favor? Support from listeners like you help keep Now Playing operating. You can find a link to donate using PayPal at the bottom of our website, nowplayingpodcast.com. 
Mr. Gazzo says I should get to 200 to break your thumb. You understand? Please. Huh? Please. Give me some money. You can also show your love of Now Playing podcasts by shopping in our store, where you can buy Now Playing t-shirts, coffee mugs, mouse pads, and much more. The link to our Cafe Press store is available on our homepage. What are you going to do with the money? Well, the first thing I got to do is I got to pay the rent, you know. Now Playing's Rocky Retrospective series is edited by Carlos and Arnie. Don't worry. (laughs) I'll clean it up for you, bully. Now Playing is not affiliated with MGM or United Artists, and no infringement is intended. Seems like lately everybody wants to beat me up. The opinions expressed on Now Playing are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinion of Inganza Media Incorporated. I pity the fool, and I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. Now Playing is a Inganza Media production, copyright 2011, all rights reserved. So, so over. This is the podcast. How how was I going to? My entrance. Nah, there. That's what You did me. You got to do it in a higher pitch this time. It sounds like I'm a chicken. Yeah, I was thinking the Muppets chickens all of a sudden popped up. Where's Gonzo? We need them to get him out of here. And I was going to do that before you did your singing, Brock. I had already planned that out, Dale. You did me. All right. So, uh, and so Rocky 2, well, I, I don't even know how to start here because I think we need to talk about the movie. Um, but, <laughs> but yes, uh, that's what we're here for. You did me. And, and it's really kind of a cute story. We might want to cut this because it's maybe long. But the point is this, that Netflix couldn't deliver it on time. I went to my video store. It wasn't there. I couldn't get a copy of this movie. I go to my local library because I saw online it was there. I walk in. It's not on the shelf. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Another woman was walking right past me with it in her hand for her kid who's sitting next to her, like, Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I come all the way over here and someone else has it in their hand walking out. It shouldn't be that hard to watch Rocky 2. And then I was thinking to myself, I had never seen it before. So it was kind of funny. Like the fates are trying to align that Brock does not watch Rocky 2. But thank you, Amazon. And I was able to watch it for this podcast. I I took it as a sign from the fates when we started saying we were going to do Rocky. I got an email from Amazon. They send me three emails every morning of this crap on sale because I bought too much at Amazon. And one day (laughs) I open it up and it goes, the Rocky Blu-ray collection for $22. And I'm a Prime member. Click. Nice. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Done. You did me. We pick because, you see, kids today can go back and watch things on VCRs or play the last podcast to get if they want. Not like 1979 where they have to show the end of Kids the film. today watch on things VCRs? on VCRs? Okay. <laughs> we can play the soundtrack on our 8-tracks while we're at those kids today. Carry their Discmans around. Hey, you, you, you guys may have money for things like lasers, but we do it with heads over here and magnetic tape. The man who said you just bought the Blu-ray. <laughs> That's not in the show. <laughs> Did me. Feeling the lure of boxing, he goes back to not Manny. Mickey. 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 Jesus. Goofies. You did me. So after the ten minute recap of the movie. I tried to are, make it brief. Yeah, you did and thank you. Uh of the original Rocky movie. Oh, okay, not my because, recap. Because back then the kids didn't have, you know, the VHSs. We got 
You did me. This, until Empire Strikes Back came out, was the highest grossing sequel of all time. Even more than Jaws 2? Yeah. Is Jaws 2 out at this point? Because if so, yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So you have Check the, yeah. the Wikipedia. Okay. All right. There you go. Um, you did me. It was the 70s. PETA wasn't around. Very different standards for <laughs> I thought you were going to say cruelty. it was the 70s. He was at the disco the night before. <laughs> he was doing the walk of shame back to his pen. He was Through doing one kind of snow the night before and act out in the actual <laughs> snow the next day. <laughs> you did me. Burgess Meredith, right? Now Arnie's got me all screwed up. Burgess <laughs> <Yes>. Meredith. <laughs> I'm like, you did me movies we've reviewed and other retrospective series like saw final destination the terminator these people who like rocky would like i'm trying to, i'm kid, trying to do the movies last time trying to do the movies last time uh, rambo karate kid last time karate kid you did me all right one thing jacob yeah. did you want to read the novelization of rocky 2 for books and nachos no you know who wrote it it's written by Sylvester Stallone entirely in the first no. person. Yes. No. I read that today. I read that today. Uh-huh. IMDb or Wikipedia. Except for the oh, scenes but... of which Rocky's not a part of, and they write it in regular third person. But it's written from awful. the point of view of an illiterate. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awful. If I, exactly. Time, if I had time, I would. I, I just don't think I have time right now. It sounds horrible. And I was well, like, because that sounds awful. It but sounds so It sounds terrible. like something I want to do. It sounds horrid. I, when I read that today, I was like, no. <laughs> I, you did me. 